Hey, aloha, and welcome to the 91st episode of Coffee with Coach, our special Super Bowl episode. And we're going to kick it off with a really fun and topical guy right now. His name is Anthony Wooten, and Anthony is from the Transatlantic Sports Show and does a great job. Born and raised in Canada, learned his football in Canada, and then came to the UK, now works and lives in the UK, and is an authority on the game around the globe. And with the commissioner's talk today uh, in Los Angeles, side of the Super Bowl, I wanted to bring Anthony on and talk about the globalization of the game. So, Anthony Wooten, welcome to the show. Well, you just got a first, Jeff, live on the broadcast, if you want to hear this. My wife's phone charger just went on fire. Anthony's coming on in a second. <laughs> so, uh, this has to be like a new low for me publicly live <laughs> on the internet um, and yes that was just incredible and thank you for uh your patience Anthony's coming on in a minute Jeff uh Super Bowl week you excited hey now let, let's this is like we know this is totally unscripted right we don't we don't do second chances no take two in this thing this is all live and it's all real and it's all organic and it's all about what it is right so before we get to anthony let me ask you a question you and i have been battling over this for about six months michael were you surprised today with the commissioner's announcement that they were going to munich then back to frankfurt then back to munich no not at all. I think it's fantastic news. Uh, I'll just obviously welcome Anthony. I'm sure Anthony will come in in a second in this, but I think it's fantastic news. You obviously see Bath on the show, and I think it's great that they're taking it around Germany. Germany's a huge country, so many fans, and uh, it's going to be fantastic, and they really deserve it. As long as we get all the games in the UK as well, I'll be happy enough. And, yeah. Hi, Anthony. <laughs> right, so let's, let, let's go to our take, two. This is Anthony Wooten from the Cross Atlantic uh, uh sports show and an authority on football around the world because he learned his football in Canada, lives in the UK now and, and works here. Anthony, I wanted to bring you on and talk a little bit about the globalization of the game and the announcement that the commissioner made today that they are bringing games to Germany. They'll be in Alliance Arena, home of uh, Bayern Munich next year. They're going to go to Frankfurt for a couple seasons and back to uh, for a couple games rather and then back to uh, Munich there will be games in Mexico City next year so the game truly is becoming in addition to three games in London the game is truly becoming an international game absolutely man yeah and it's it's been part of the plan we we've expected it haven't we for well we've known Germany was in the, the pipeline for the past, what, 12 months or so. But, I mean, you coached over there. You worked in Germany. You know what the, the fan base is like over there. When I speak to fans over here for the London games, I mean, thousands of fans come from Europe, and there are hundreds who come from Germany. And there's a bigger fan base. There's a bigger audience in Germany than there is in the U.K. So I'm not surprised, and I think it's great for the game. And if you're the NFL and you're looking at this and you've seen, you know, the, the marketing that and, and the, the money that's been made in London and you know that there's a bigger fan base out there in Germany and huge marketing opportunities, you're going to go for it. And you're straight away, 
money is being made. So, you know, if, if you're the NFL and, well, you are the NFL and you've got your market in the U.S. and it isn't expanding as much now and you've, you've tapped every bit that you can tap, of course, you're going to look globally and see where those marketing opportunities are. Clearly, the Germany is, is the next, uh, well, the, the next oasis, I guess, uh, the next paradise where they can tap in and it's, uh, they've got the gold rush going into Central Europe. They know how successful London is. I mean, they got three games. The Jags didn't have to go back to Wembley. I know Shad Khan has been keen to make Wembley his home from home over here in the UK, although they did win at Tottenham last season. But great that we've got three games over here, but untapped potential out there in Germany. And of course, in Mexico, the NFL has a history of having let's, games let's go in back. Mexico. Let's let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back to when, and as as a Canadian, you understand, and you were part, or you know, obviously closer to the move to bring a team to Toronto. That seemed to be a strategy that the NFL was employing. The Bills headed north, played a game every year in Toronto in the Sky Dome, and really they didn't they weren't able to tap into the toronto market they didn't make the inroads they didn't have the success that they anticipated they would have and so after three or four seasons they backed away and it doesn't repeat the same saga sorry jeff uh you, you cut out a bit where you said they backed away so i missed the uh, the key point well, well, the NFL, once they backed out of, you know, Toronto, Toronto yeah. that was really when we started coming over here with more, you know, the, the focus shifted to Europe as opposed to across the border to Canada. Yeah. And look, I enjoyed those games in, uh, in Toronto. I enjoyed watching those games as a, as a viewing spectacle in, uh, and the Bills going up there. I don't understand what quite went wrong with uh, the NFL in Canada Maybe you've got your Toronto fan base. I know my brother, he finds it easy. He lives in Hamilton. Um, and you know Hamilton, you know the area well. And he finds it easy to travel down to Queen Elizabeth, cross the bridge, and away he goes. And he can watch Buffalo Bills games. And they're cheaper. It, you know, sport in Buffalo is cheaper than it is in Toronto. So instead of going watching the Maple Leafs up in the center of Toronto, again, he'll drive down to Buffalo and watch the Sabres. You could argue the Sabres aren't as great, but... What are the Maple Leafs won in recent history? You know, so it's been a while uh, on that front. Um, so it's, it's, it's difficult to put your finger on the what's, what's gone wrong or why it hasn't worked so successfully in Canada. But over here in Europe, I mean, it's, you just have to look at the success in London and, and how it's, it's grown. I've been covering the London International Series since almost year dot for, uh, for the international games over here. And you just see, like, each year, it's no longer an, an education. We're no longer educating fans because they're so knowledgeable of the sport. And it's great that you see the colors of every team in the games over here, including, you know, the smaller markets, such as the Tennessee Titans and, well, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Shark Khan set a stroke of genius tapping into that London market. But now we've got these marketing opportunities where, We've got more teams. It's opened up, and teams have got their their rights, the marketing rights. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs have got 
marketing rights in Germany. Can you imagine Patrick Mahomes going out there to Germany? I mean, I'm jealous myself that in Munich or Frankfurt, they might be able to, to have Patrick Mahomes playing over there. But for us in the UK, wow. you've got the 49ers and the Vikings now tapping into markets over here. You've got Joe Staley, former 49er, owning shares in your team, Leeds United. <laughs> well, I, let me tell you something. I think truly that we will see Patrick Mahomes in Germany before the games, whether it's doing a summer tour or whatever, because obviously he is one of the bright stars in the league. And the, and the Chiefs, the Hunt family, were extremely, extremely proactive. And, and it's, it's, to me, it's, it's a synergy because they were very much supporters of NFL Europe, right? Every year you could count on Carl Peterson, who was their general manager at the time in Kansas City, being at the World Bowl. They were very much a proponent of expansion into Europe. And uh, I think it's awesome that they have the rights to Germany because – I think Germany can be, along with the UK, you know, I won't say gold mines, but certainly rich veins of gold for the National Football League. Yeah, and also in Germany, it's your Central Europe, right? And you've got fans, again, just going back to the fans that I've spoken to when the, when the London games are on, fans come from all over Europe. And almost, you know, Germany almost becomes even more accessible than london does so it's not just the german fans but you know european fans it's uh it's it, we're, we're entering a, a golden era i guess for nfl it'll be interesting to see how the teams cope with you know the extra hour time difference especially west coast teams going into germany but they'll find a way to adapt so they've worked their way around it and you know if, if the the owners are getting the old the old green presidents in their back pocket they're going to make sure that their teams are going to adjust and adapt, but it's, it's great. And more power to the European football fans elbows to, uh, to get more gridiron action over here. I think it's a, it's a fantastic move and I'll be there. I'll be there in Munich and we'll, we'll be covering it. And, uh, you know, I, I'll be, I'll be amazed to see how it takes off over there and just to see how the fans embrace it. But I mean, you'll know firsthand having worked out there. I, I don't think there's any question it'll be a big, big, big hit. Now, what I think is really interesting, and you touched on this, Anthony, that, you know, one of the things that's problematic here in in London, in the UK, is there just aren't enough seats for the m number of people that want to go to the games. Now, you've got a game in or games in Germany every year that takes some of the pressure off of you know, and, and create more accessibility in this UK market. Because when you look at Europe now, the former Eastern Bloc countries, Czechoslovakia, Poland, you know, they're playing American football at a very high level. And Germany has also always had a great indigenous game. Denmark is outstanding. The Scandinavian countries are playing extremely high level football. You, you know, Italy has had a league of its own for years and years and years. So there are NFL fans throughout Europe, and this is, as you said, makes the game much more accessible to somebody from Milan or you know Budapest or Warsaw or whatever. Yeah, and it's easier to get there, right? So, and as you're you're pointing out, that could free up seats for UK fans to be able to attend those and get those tickets uh, for those London games. So it, it's great, and 
you know, Scandinavian fans, that there, there's almost as many Scandinavian fans as there are German fans who come over to these London games. I can't stress it enough, the, the, the number of Europeans that come over. And, you know, the NFL, they're smart. They're, you know, they're, they're a multi-billion dollar organization for a reason. And they've seen it and they've targeted it. They'll, they'll have all the stats for Game Pass subscribers, viewing figures, not just for the Super Bowl, but uh, for throughout the season. And they'll know. They'll know it's there. They'll know that the, the audience is there. And I, I don't think it'll be, um, you know, four years and done. I think we'll see it. It'll grow and develop. And they're probably going to be clever here with testing both Frankfurt and Munich. Maybe they couldn't quite make that decision on which city's going to be that host city. They'll sit, be able to see. I mean, Frankfurt—it's—it's uh, it's, uh, they call it Manhattan, don't they? Because of the, you know, got the big skyscrapers there, but it's a real business hub for Germany. So there's there's money there, there's capital there, and Munich, obviously, with its uh, it's a huge city, it's Bavarian. So if they take the football games out there, you're going to have Oktoberfest, which is going to be linked with uh, with the NFL. And interestingly, Patrick Mahomes—I remember this because I I cut this. There was uh, an interview with him, and it was around the time of the uh, NFL, uh, the, the German interest. And he said that he has some friends, he, well, he's friends with Bayern Munich players and he is has an interest in Bayern Munich. He's got an interest in soccer football isn't he? because he, he part owns the Kansas City MLS team. So he's got his interest in football, Bayern Munich. He's got connections with Bayern Munich. Some of the guys out there, his friends, he talks about it openly at a news conference. I'll, I'll, I'll fish that out and I'll share it. On Twitter, because I've got it somewhere, the uh, the quote from Patrick Mahomes. It's great. You know, the, the NFL and the Premier League, but I know we're talking about Bundesliga, but the, the NFL and football, European football, there, there's almost a, a, a unique bond between the athletes, isn't there? They get high it. Level, High-level athletes understand each other, and they speak the same language, right? And I think that's really important. And a great observation by you. We're going to make you our man on the ground in Germany next year, Anthony. Thank you so much for coming I'll on. I'll be the there, show Jeff. And talking about the global expansion and the games in Germany. Appreciate you, brother. Go Winnipeg. All right. <laughs> Anthony Wooten. All right. Always going to get his Winnipeg jab in there every time. And now I've got to bring to you one of my favorites, one of my all time favorites. And fighting out of the blue corner, all right, <laughs> a guy that I absolutely love, like one of my favorite, favorite guys, a uh, great story, and now a great broadcaster in his own right. He is the leading, leading talk show, sports talk show host in the metropolitan Denver area. He was a Pro Bowl alternate as a safety for the Denver Broncos. He's big in Bronco country, but he's he's big in every country, really, because he played in the NFL Europe and uh, he played in Canada, then finished his career in the National Football League. I want to bring on to the show the 91st edition of Coffee with Coach. We are going to be joined by former NFL safety Nick Trainwreck Ferguson. Welcome to the show, Nicholas. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Now, they said I had 10 minutes to oh get boy. a segment from you. Oh I said, that'll boy. take Nick. That I think Nick will get his, like, he'll introduce himself in 10 minutes now. All right. 
<laughs> because I told Michael today. I said oh, we're, wow. we were talking about the show. I said he said you got ten minutes to talk defense with Nick. I said wait a second now. You got to understand, Nick's never met a microphone he didn't like, and I'm. <laughs> well, wait, 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 wait. If I only have ten minutes, you've already wasted six right there. All right, so now you got six minutes. But I want to get right. Let's cut right to it. I brought Nick on the show because he has been there and done that, and he has played in the biggest games, and he has competed at the highest level in our sport. And I wanted to get a breakdown from you, Nick, a contrast and comparison of the two defenses that will line up in the Super Bowl. Well, first and foremost, thanks for having me. So let's start with the hometown Rams. The one thing that stands out for me, and you would appreciate this as a, as a coach, is pressure. When you, when you look at the pressure that the Rams can bring and Raheem Morris can bring from any side, and we saw it in the Tampa Bay game, he moved Von Miller and Aaron Donald on the same side. That caused a lot of problems for that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense that was much maligned and had issues in protection. But it just showed you if you move your pieces around like a chess puzzle, you can actually create a, a large amount of pressure. So I like the idea of Vaughn, and I like the idea of Aaron uh, Gordon. I mean, not Aaron Gordon, but uh, uh, the, the, the help me out here. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. Aaron Donald, I'm sorry. Aaron Donald being on the same side. To me, fantastic duo. Now, that leaves a guy like Leonard Floyd on the opposite side by himself, matched up one-on-one. -on -one. And you know how this game works. It's about creating those types of matchups so from that standpoint, I would say that the leverage now goes to, or advantage rather, goes to that of uh, the Los Angeles Rams. And the one thing I, I'll say about these two secondaries, both the Bengals and the Rams, I, I really don't like either of them. I'm not saying because I hate them, but as a unit alone, they're not that great. But because of their front seven and the ability to get pressure, it makes it easier in the back end. And Jalen Ramsey, who raised his hand and said, look, I want Jamar Chase. Be careful what you ask for. Because when I look at Jalen Ramsey, he's a great corner. But because he's played with Jacksonville or Saxonville and he played with the uh, Rams, I mean, those guys get after the quarterback. So you get a little lazy in your eyes. You get a little lazy in your technique as a corner. And we saw Tom Brady take advantage of it when they played against uh, the Bucks and Evans was able to get by him and beat him on the touchdown. And he didn't even give him anything on the route. He just ran past him. So Jalen Ramsey, best be careful calling out, you know, Jamar Chase, because that's a track meet that he desperately doesn't want. All right. Talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, Nick, their defense, you know, what they, what they need to do to win this game. Well, first and foremost, man, just, just use the same recipe you use against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, when you look at Matthew Stafford, he's not Lamar Jackson. If he is at eight yards in the shotgun, he's going to be there at eight yards. He is athletic enough to move and climb the pocket, but he's not a guy that's going to break and tame. You have to constantly worry about him scrambling 20, 30 yards down the field. So the idea is just try to keep him in the pocket, but you have to make life miserable for him. And this is where between the guards on either side, those defenders for the Cincinnati Bengals are, have, are going to have to come up big time. And what I mean by that is getting your hand in the face of the quarterback, making 
his vision a little obstructed so he can't find Cooper Cup because we know they have OBJ, but that is his go-to receiver when he is in issues. So if you're able to put a hand in Matthew Stafford's face, make it really difficult for him and make him slide to the outside, now he's sliding to the waiting arms of the Cincinnati Bengals defensive players. All right. As the guy who played the game, I want to ask you to say, all I need you to give me, Nick, is advantage Cincy or advantage L.A. All right? Okay. Let's start, let's start with the back end with the secondary. Uh, because of Jalen Ramsey, advantage goes to the Rams. Linebacker, the second level. You know what? I like the Cincinnati Bengals linebacker, so I'm going to go there. They're more aggressive and downhill attacking. All right. The big guys who put their hand in the dirt? Oh, obviously. I mean, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, advantage Rams. Okay. We got defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo from Cincinnati against Raheem Morris with the L.A. Rams. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm going to go with Raheem. It may sound a little biased because I know him, and he was with uh, the Jets for a short period of time as their minority coach and in internship. But I, I like what he's doing and his ability to make in-game adjustments. All right. Well, you've heard it right here from number 25, train wreck, Nick Ferguson. Now, Nick, if our fans, and we got viewers all over the world, they yeah. want to follow you. They want to get. Uh, they want to get your station. They want to get your show. All right. Uh, how do they get you on this World Wide Web? Well, first and foremost, let's start with social media. I made it really easy for everyone. IG account, Instagram, and Twitter, same handle at Nick Ferguson underscore twenty five. If you want to listen to our show, we're on here and here in Denver, one zero four three, the fan. You can all, always go to our podcast. You can find the app. Uh, we're always here available. If you want to listen live, you can listen live on the app. We even have cameras in the studio, Jeff, where you can see the hijinks take place real time. Real time. We'll be on tonight. We're talking uh, NBA trades. We're talking this game. We're talking about so many other things. But 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. every night, the Nick and Cecil Show, 104.3 The Fan. Hey, wait a second now. I coached you for, I think, five years. I, I know the hit. I've seen enough hijinks. I don't need to tune in to watch Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> the, these hijinks that we have, hey, you definitely need to uh, tune in for. Hey, and if you happen to find yourself being a fan of the galaxy far, far away, we are your show, right? Because we find ways to intertwine pop culture into our show and what me and my co-host also being a Star Wars fan. See, we never say nerds. See, we never say nerds. No, I, I'm, gonna, it's, it's no, I'm gonna say no, I'm gonna say nerds. You guys are nerds. <laughs> yes, we are nerds, and you have to embrace your inner nerdum. So, yes, if you want sports, pop culture, hey, the Nick and Cecil show is for you. All right, one last one last thing I need you to comment on because you've been there and understand it, right? The NFL announced today that they're taking NFL games to Germany. Now, you spent two years in NFL Europe, were an absolute fan favorite with the Rheinfire, won a World Bowl championship in your last game in NFL Europe. What's it mean to you as a guy who experienced football in Germany 
to see the NFL, your league, going to Germany? You know, it was great. Um, I, I, the only downside is I would prefer for the league to go back the same way that I was found playing for you in Galen Hall, taking a league back there over to the UK and in Germany because those fans, I mean, they, they love football. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I love NFL fans, but there's nothing, nothing, nothing like the fans over in Germany. I mean, after we won that World Bowl, being able to go around that stadium and just touch the hands of every person that was there, and they are invested, I mean, 24-7, seven days a week, they're invested in what we're doing, we're doing on the field. So it is great that the league is going back over, but I, I hope and I wish that it's the sign of things to come. But we all knew that this day was coming. When we look at well, games coming over to the UK, first it was one, then it was two, and then it was three. So it was a matter of time. Fans, if you want a real treat, go to YouTube, go to Google, and Google up Nick, and just check out some of the facial adornment he wore as a player uh. with the <laughs> Ryan Fire, because it was truly unique, and it was truly a moment in time. So, Nick Ferguson, as always, I love you, man. You are one of the best of all time. Take care of your family, all right? And again, I, keep punching, brother. Keep punching. I, I will. At some point, you have to have me back on and talk about this Flores and this latest NFL. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't give up my thunder, bro, because that's going to be a special edition, and we're going to go a whole hour. Okay. Well, you call on me. I will answer the bell. Hey, hey I need a, I need a, I need about 500 yards. Can you help me? 500 no, you yards? Answer, you, you ain't answering that bell. <laughs> No, no, I'm not going to answer that. That's one bell I cannot answer. All right. Take care, man. I love right, you. I appreciate it, man. Love you, too. See it. That's Nick Ferguson, uh, ex-Bronco, ex-Jet, ex-Bill, and ex-Texan, but all-time great. He is one of my favorite guys. Michael, Michael, Michael. There's a bird that was flying around in London today, and it landed on my shoulder right here on this shoulder right here mike see that shoulder and i looked over that bird and i said bird what are you doing down here right and the bird kind of peeked at me and he did his head like birds do you know kind of like that and he goes oh i got something to tell you and i said i right, whisper in my ear bird give me what you give me your goods right and that bird told me michael that you are going to be in the press box at the Super Bowl, reporting live from Los Angeles, California, for this Super Bowl. Is that true? Well, now that I've got a negative antigen test, yes, it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> last two or hey, three days. You know what, man? Congratulations, because that is so freaking awesome. So the Irish NFL show will be in the stadium, and you are going to be reporting and recording and doing your thing at the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. And it's 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 obviously an incredible um, sort of moment. I think for all of us, uh, two of us guys will be in the will, will be in the stadium, and uh, all all four will be active in social media. Obviously, be amazing if all, if all four will be there. And I know it's 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 you know like it's great the two of us are going to be there at least, and well, we're just going to try and make the most of the moments. Wait a second. We got four Irish guys in LA. Yes, sir. This week, yes. did you see? Have you seen the temperatures in LA this week? 
31 have degrees. How much sun, have you seen how much sun there is in LA right now? I don't want to jinx that, this. If you guys are there. out in, if you guys are outside, you better get sunscreen by the case. I told Calm the other day, sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen. And, you know, I'm a little concerned for you now. Uh, the co column is the uh, co column's ginger, so th that's why. Look here, look. Um, obviously, yeah, it's 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 incredible, and I think it'll hit me on Sunday. It's just amazing, and I I can't thank yeah. people like you yourself enough, Jeff, because if it wasn't for your support, I'm not just saying this because we're on a public forum or public show here. It's the truth. Like you know, if it wasn't for people like you for support, we wouldn't be in this position. Uh, it's incredible to have two of us going into the game and being able to try and I guess represent the island of Ireland, but both in NIROI and. It's going to be fantastic on Sunday. I, it's going to be a, hopefully not a once in a lifetime experience, but you know something that I remember hopefully for the rest of my days. And hopefully the game is as good as I, I hope it's going to be on Sunday. And I, yeah, I just can't wait, man. And again, thank you for all your help. And yeah, I fly out to LA in 12 hours. And there's still multiple things to, record, to do for our show on Saturday. <laughs> here, you've got a special hey, guest hey, coming hey, over hey, here very quickly. I, you, I you've got a guy coming this. on. I just got to say this publicly, right? Because I've been to a bunch of them. And every time I go, every time I go, when those teams come out of the tunnel, it, it, it is an unbelievable experience. Like the hair on the back of your neck stands up. Your, I mean, your heart rate changes. And even though I'll be doing it in the studio in London, I will. my heart will be next to you guys experiencing that for the first time because i think it's going to be a it'll be one of those memories that will you'll cherish for your whole life mike it's probably a good thing jeff you're not there because you wouldn't have made it to the stadium if we were all there on the saturday <laughs> night no seriously no, uh, yeah I, I i completely agree it's going to be it's look it's i think it'll hit me when i see because you literally fly in past so if i go into lax so it'll hit me then it's obviously hit me but it, it'll hit me then and look it's it's going to be incredible and i, I know hopefully for years to come, we, we, we'll all get to experience this as, as a group and stuff together. And I just want to thank yourself, NFL UK, David Tossett, guy stepping down in a couple of months now, I was chatting to him today. Uh, support's been incredible. And from everyone in Ireland, UK, and, and just around the world, uh, thanks so much. And going to try and do a few videos, try and do a few things. Uh, I think the time difference is going to kill me, but it'll be it'll be good fun. If anybody wants to hang out on Monday, I'm here until 6.45. I'm going to try and uh, <laughs> see who we can meet. Here, uh, Jeff, you've got Brian Baldinger coming on now because you've got a Bengals guy coming on in 10 minutes. Baldy, are you ready for him? Let's get him. Do you, do you want to introduce your guest? Because he's going to be on your show on Sunday. He's going to. Baldy? Hell yeah, because Brian Baldinger is one of the great analysts in our game he played 13 years in the national football league there are a lot of guys that do analyst work that frankly in my opinion don't do it very well well he's one of the ones that does it extremely well and every week you can catch his baldy's breakdowns on the internet you can catch him on uh nf sky sports he is a big part of our broadcast this weekend he will be on the pitch at the super bowl brian baldinger Aloha and welcome to Coffee with Coach, and a special one because it's our Super Bowl edition. And what we thought we'd do is break from a little bit of the pattern and go out and get some well-respected NFL voices to break the game down for you. And when you talk about offensive football, and you've seen him on Sky Sports NFL, you've seen him on the NFL Network, you've seen the great Baldy's breakdowns, 
on the internet. This is Brian Baldinger, one of the one of the really, really outstanding. And I'm gonna say this, right? There's a lot of guys that do what we do and that I don't think do it very well, but here's one that does it extremely well. Brian Baldinger. Aloha, Jeff. Good to be with you here. Welcome today, to the man. show, my brother. Now, yeah. Baldy, I, I know you're you're at the yeah. NFL network today and you got a million guys pulling at you and microphones being strung on you and all that stuff. So this is true live television. But what I wanted you to do is take a few minutes as an offensive guy, a guy who, you know, put his hand in the dirt for 13 years in the NFL that understands offensive football, how offenses are built, how they attack defenses. And what I what I'd like you to do, if you would, Baldy, if you could just compare and contrast the two offenses we're going to see in the Super Bowl. Well, you know, the Rams are, they're a passing team, but they never get too far away from the run. Um, they, they really like their 11 personnel. All right. One back, one tight end, but they're really a 12 personnel team. So what that does, and, and by that, I mean, their receivers really block the edges very well. I mean, Robert Woods was excellent when he was healthy. Uh, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson. So, um, Skoranek, these guys block the edges like a second tight end. But what that does is it gets your nickel on the field, in some cases your dime on the field. So, it gets more defensive backs on the field while these guys are, are running the football. So, they kind of gain a little bit of an advantage when they try to do that. But it's, it's, it's a philosophical thing. And then secondly, the Rams have an unbelievable package right now on third down, Jeff. And, you know, third down, of course, is the money down where can you sustain offense? Can you stay on the field? And that's what they did against the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. And so their package is they like a three-by-one set. And so you'll have Cooper Cup. You know, if Higby plays, he'll be in it. If he doesn't play, it could be Van Jefferson. It could be different guys. But they like a three to the strong side and a one, and that's usually Odell Beckham Jr. And so Stafford is really looking to the three receiver side almost all the time. And if Cup can win, whether it's man coverage or whether it's a two-by-two zone, whatever, if he can win, the ball is going to him because he wins quickly. But if he, if he doesn't win and he doesn't like it on that side, he knows he's got OBJ on the backside, usually one-on-one. -on -one. And he pretty much knows that Odell's going to beat your second corner, whoever else you got back there. And right now, that package is working really good. And so it's allowing them to stay on the field, allow them to come from 10 points down to fourth quarter of the championship game to come back and win. So that's kind of the Rams, because they don't want to get too far away from the run, but they're not great at moving the line of scrimmage, Jeff. They're not a power football team. They're a zone stretch team. Um, you know, so they, they kind of do that. Cincinnati is different. Cincinnati um, – they, they, they're a very balanced football team. Um, Mixon and Samaje P. Ryan are really important. Regardless of how many yards they gain rushing, they're going to they're gonna get their number of carries in a game. They got 25 in the AFC Championship game in Kansas City, even though they didn't run for a lot of yards. Um, but what, what Burrow likes to do, and he did this at LSU when he won a national championship, is he loves to get five out. Now, getting five out in a route, can be good for the quarterback because especially if you can go through your progressions very quickly, but it also can help you protect because you kind of know where they're coming from. If they're going to blitz or they're going to pressure, you kind of know where it's coming from. And so Joe tries to get five out as quickly as often as he can. Now against Kansas city, 
because of the struggles he had against Tennessee doing that, where he was sacked nine times, hit 13 times, they actually pulled it in a little bit against Kansas City, Jeff. They, they went a little bit of max protection, not a lot, but they showed it. They went a little max protection, play action, speedo route combination, two receivers to start the third quarter, got a big play to T. Higgins off it. Um, but ultimately, they really like Joe to really trust him to find the open receiver getting five out, pre-snap read, get the ball out quickly to Jamar, whoever it might be. And so that's kind of how they function offensively. Baldy, when you look at the two teams, and this is where we say compare and contrast, I just need you to give me, uh, you know, who you would give the nod to as we go through the positions. How let's start Beckliff. with wide receiver. Who do you think's got the best wide receiver core? Huh. It's a toss-up. It's really a toss-up. I mean, Cooper Cup won the, won the Triple Crown this year. We haven't seen that in a long time. Odell Beckham is as healthy as he's been since he left the New York Giants. Um, that they're really good, but then. You know, if you look at Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, um, you know, to me, just flip a coin. And on any given day, either one of those groups could be the best in the league. All right, now let's go maybe the toughest position to evaluate or to grade right now because we don't know about availability. But let's say both tight ends play. Who do you give the nod to at tight end? I'm a big C.J. Uzama fan because I think he blocks pretty good. And uh, he's a real good safety valve. He's, but T. Higgins is like a big wide receiver. He was like that at Western Kentucky coming out of college. I'd, I'd still, not knowing which one's going to be healthier, if, if either one right now, Jeff, I'd, I'd give it a coin flip because they're very, very similar in how they play. I would All say right, Uzama the- is more of a true Y, you know, inline blocker than Higgins is. All right, let's let's go to the place that you lived for 13 years in the National Football League, putting your hand in the dirt. And by the way, show us the finger that you earned over those 13 years in the National Football League. Of course, Jeff. Yeah, I'm happy. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to look at this. Look at this finger. All right, that's a guy that that that's a guy's been in a few few tussles, as we say. Who do you give the offensive line not to, Brian? I give it to the Rams right now, only because they really have some veteran players there in their spots. Like, I think Rob Havenstein is a really good player. He was against Nick Boza. They're not calling holding calls right now. They're letting him play. So, you know, you get the arm up around the neck. Like, I don't see a lot of flags coming out. But Rob is, you know, he's 6'8", 340. Like, you know, if he can't beat you with his punch, like, try running through him. Like, it's, he's a hard guy to get down or move. Uh, you know, when you look at the other side and what they have right there, with Trey, like he's been at this thing a long time. He's 40 years old. And he still knows how to do it. Um, I give I give the, the the nod to the Rams right now, although I don't want to just completely bash the Bengals. I mean, they're here with Isaiah Prince. He's their third right tackle they've used this year, Jeff. You know, they're splitting time with two right guards, two young right. Jackson Carmen's a rookie, and, you know, Hakeem Adeniji is a second-year player. They're young kids. Like, they deserve a chance to kind of learn and grow in this business, you know, and so – I give I give the little bit to to the Rams right now because of the experience factor. All right, let's talk about running backs. Well, I'm a big Joe Mixon fan. Like I I think that uh, Joe is is you know he's when you see him up close he he's 230 pounds. I give the and and P Ryan we saw him with the 41 yard screen, you know catch and run in the championship game. I give the advantage right now to to the Bengals. 
All right, the single most important position on the football field, quarterback. Who do you give the nod to? Well, I, you know, it's, it's, it's hard not to give it to Stafford because of the amount of games that he's played, the belief that they have in him in Los Angeles, what they're asking him to do. Uh, is certainly everything is he, it, it's all his possibility, but you know, you can't count out, you know, Joe Burrow in any of those conversations, LT, uh, in, in this conversation because his uh, level of swag and belief in himself and how it permeates through the whole team is undeniable. But I have to give it to Stafford right now, okay, Brian. I appreciate you taking some minutes. So I know LaDainian Thompson's waiting to get get yes. asked in. Oh. Hey, it's it's awesome to have you on the show. Thank you so much, and we'll see you Sunday on the broadcast. All day Sunday, Jeff. Look forward to it, man. That's we'll be going up. We're going up in the stand on Sunday, Jeff. down the offense with you, man. See you, bud. Aloha. Jeff Reinbold. Brian Baldinger, Jeff Reinbold, not here on his own show because he has technical issues, I'm guessing. I'm going to bring in Jamie Rowe from Who Dare UK. Jamie, this had to happen. Uh, I will bring Jeff in the minute he comes in, which I hope is in the next 30 seconds. But uh, big week for you, boys. Absolutely. And, and it's our show now. We can get away with, uh, we can get away with all sorts of things. <laughs> Well, here, I have to say this before, just before Jeff Dawes come in. I remember I met you. I think I, I met you in Manchester in 2016. Here, here is Jeff. I was bringing him in at the same time. Here he is. Look at him turning up late to the party here now. Here's Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, I was just, just telling Jimmy from Bengals UK, I met him in Manchester in 2016. My team was the defending champion. Jimmy, this, this Bengals team have come some way, but also, like, you guys deserve this massively. Like, the years you've sat through there and the team you now have, you, you must be... Uh, a very happy one. Yeah, it's, it's kind of unbelievable um, how it's happened. It, and, you know, we've got had no reference point to go to. I, I was born in 1988, so the last time the Bengals won a playoff game before this season, I was three years old. I, I didn't know <laughs> what that was about. <laughs> so um, I had no reference point. Um, I've been talking to some of the guys from the 80s, um, and, you know, they said, when you get winning in the playoffs, it happens very quickly. And it only seems like kind of 10 seconds ago that, that we beat the Raiders, we beat the Raiders on, on the last play interception. And then you beat the Titans, you beat the Chiefs, and suddenly you're here. And it, it's kind of great. It's kind of unbelievable that we've got here. But, you know, I think we deserve it. Um, and I, I think it is a case of coming good at the right time. Jamie, let me ask you a question now, and I need you to be honest with us on this one, right? Because I did a I did a thing today at, at Talksport with Jim White, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of fun. And then then we went to Sky, and we did the Sky Sports hits, and it was a lot of fun again. And the thing that just keeps coming up is about the Bengals. Nobody thought they would ever get here. Nobody believed they could get this far. Halfway through the season, they're a 500 team. They, do they really belong here? Is it going to be too big for all that stuff? Did you honestly believe, and I won't even say last year, Jamie. I'm going to say when we got to October 1st, did you see this coming? 
not October. Um, probably, I'm, I'm looking at sort of November as, as when as when I, I started to think that, that there was a real chance that this team could, I mean, the first thing was win a playoff game, um, but could actually kind of mix it along the best of the AFC. The AFC is a very strong conference right now. You're dealing with kind of quarterbacks at the, the top of the game. Um, you know, your Patrick Mahomes is your, your Josh Allens. It's a very difficult conference to get on top of. And so you kind of looked at everyone else there and you thought, you know, maybe we, maybe we can't kind of mix it with that crowd. But I, there was a game against the 49ers, um, which the Bengals lost as, as after a, a bunch of special teams um, miscues. Um, I mean, that was the last game that Darius Phillips had as a punt returner. But throughout that game, they showed that kind of incredible fight. They showed that they could fight back from, I think they were, the, they were 17 down on that day. Um, and that's kind of been the story of how they've done it. So there's the incredible come from behind victory against KC in week 17. There's the incredible come from behind victory against KC um, two weeks ago. And, you know, the Bengals just stay there. They stay in games. They kind of fight back and it's all about the mentality with them and this is some something that previous teams didn't have so you know you had your Andy Dalton at quarterback he's a lovely guy Andy um he he is a, a superb human being um hey, listen, you know hey, does hey, a hey, lot listen, of hey 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 you don't want lovely guys playing quarterback you yeah yeah quarterback it's, it's like trying to get fired up by someone who sounds a bit like Ned Flanders. He's just like, he's, um, he doesn't he doesn't quite have what 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 Joe Joe has. All right, now I have some spies in Southwest Ohio, right, and they tell me that there is an invasion about to hit the West Coast. That the beaches will be stormed. That there will be black and orange stripes all over Los Angeles, California. What do you think Houday Nation is going to do to L.A. when they arrive on Friday? I mean, go see the sights, enjoy yourselves. Um, you know, you're going to have Friday night and Saturday to to really kind of go and paint the town orange. And then on Sunday, turn up, be loud. I mean, obviously, it's not a Rams home game, so there isn't going to be as many visiting fans um, from from their opposition as usual, um, but you know the guys that are going there, and and I know a few. Uh, um, you know Dave Cass from from Hude UK has bitten the bullet and has dropped a quite considerable amount of money on going to LA on a whim. Um, they're all there to enjoy themselves, um, but you know they have the easiest task of everyone. They, they can, they can go out and enjoy the LA nightlife. It's not the sixties anymore. I don't think the players are going to be, um, quite out, um, sort of late and going hard at it. Um, but yeah, um, Bengals fans are there to enjoy themselves and they'll express themselves in the stadium, you know, in a, in a very loud and vibrant manner. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I saw the, the footage of, the Tennessee game and a bar in Nashville where Houday Nation had overtaken the bar and there were people dancing on the bar. Right. <laughs> so if that's anything like what we're going to see this weekend and 
you know, get ready, LA, because Mid America's <laughs> Mid America is coming to the West Coast. Now, you guys here have um I've been told have a meetup plan and you can't get a ticket to the thing. That's it. Um unbelievably. Um we we set up this this pub meeting um for Bengals UK. You know, we're we're fairly well-run group we, we've done events before but they've rarely got kind of past 40 or 50 people um within two hours of putting the original tickets on sale um all 90 had gone like that now we managed to to get in get another floor um kind of negotiate some more space for the Bengals in that pub and we got up to 150 and again another few hours later gone you know there's there's this kind of reawakened passion among the fan base to get everything who day and, and to get in among kind of like-minded people. It's going to be a brilliant night on, on Sunday. Okay. Now you're English, correct? Yep. Yep. All right. Now I have noticed, and I've talked to Neil about this and I've talked to Hannah about this, that there seems to be amongst English sports fans, this, overriding sense of doom when you talk about the nat you know the english national team in in soccer going to the world cup or the rugby team in six nations or it's like somehow you know andy murray somehow it's all going to fall apart at the at the 11th hour right well the bengals are the biggest sports cinderella story that i can think of in recent memory Right. And we're just if I remember that fable as a kid, something happened right before midnight to Cinderella. Now, do you guys are you worried at all about that? You know, it, it could be a very bad night. It could be, um, you know, something where we go down quickly and and kind of get behind quickly and don't get it back. I wouldn't say that that's fine. Uh, you know, we, we, we've got, we've got designs on winning this. I certainly think we can win this and that's more than, than some media um, have given us uh, this week. I can't envision a situation where the Bengals don't at least try and don't at least have that thing where they rally, they get sort of 14, 17 points in a row and get themselves back into it. Um, there's only been one game this season where they lost it and they didn't look like they were coming back at any point. That was against Cleveland. But every other game they've lost, they've lost sort of really having a go at it. You know, the Chargers, they, they scored 20 points in a row um, and, and still ended up on the wrong side of it. They took Green Bay and, and San Francisco to overtime. I think there is enough character and enough moxie um, about the team, um, both offense and defense. Now, a, a lot's made of of, um, of Joe Burrow, but sort of defensively, they have the ability to kind of adjust, which we haven't seen before from from Bengals teams. Um, they, you know, I, I I can see maybe they get off to a slow start, but I don't see them being out of it um, at any point really. All right. Couple personal questions. Go. Are you going to paint your face in tiger stripes? 
no, I've got too much beard. I've, I've been growing this beard since week one. Um, <laughs> and it's um, it, this is the longest it's ever gone. And I keep getting sauce in it. So it, it's probably not long for this world. But, yeah, I, I think the beard it will probably um, preclude me from putting any face paint on or anything like that. All right. Now, you guys at Who Day UK are a phenomenal fan group. And I'm going to ask you: Have you got have you got Magic Mike's uh, email address? Oh, uh, Magic Mike Brown. Yeah. Um, no, ma- our Magic Mike. Magic oh, Magic Mike McQuay. Um, sorry, sorry, uh, Mike. I I I, um, I doubted your magicness. Um, I don't, but if he sends it to me, I I will. Well, we're going to send it to you, and you've got to promise me that you will take your phone or a camera or whatever, and I want you to shoot pictures of your meetup night and send them to us so that we can share them on the post-Super Bowl Coffee with Coach. Will you do that? That's good. Oh, absolutely. There's going to be a ton of pictures. There's going to be all sorts of things. You know, um, there's going to be a load going out on on the um, Who Day UK Twitter, which is there i think uh, just trying there we go <laughs> so yeah um go follow us on on the socials um you know we're gonna be sharing our night there and also i'm gonna send a ton over to michael um so he can share them with you guys for, for the next time or for the time after the super bowl that you do this jamie i appreciate it very much congratulations to you who day uk Cincinnati Bengal fans everywhere. It's been a long, long, long dry spell, and it's just about over. Yeah, and you know, 72 hours from now, we'll know. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. And again, to everybody that night, you know, again, I hope you're tuned in to Sky Sports NFL and you're watching us on the show. And again, uh, again, uh, congratulations to you and the fan club for, you know, selling out uh, a venue over and over and over again. Great support for your team, the Cincinnati Bengals. Mahalo. All right, brother. Good luck, Jimmy. All the best lads on Sunday. Good luck. Thank you. Cheers, Michael. Cheers. Cheers. Michael, how about that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That is a fan club that is wired into their team. I, yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great game on Sunday. I can't I can't wait to see how the Bengals play, and it's gonna it's a really intriguing matchup. And we've got uh, your man from the Rams UK back again. Last guest tonight. Do you remember Chris a few weeks ago? Yeah. Do you remember Chris? Chris, come on out. Let's talk a little bit of LA Rams football. Thanks for having me back. Hey, it's my pleasure to have you back, man. Because you're back. You know why you're back? Because it is Super Bowl week and you are one of two standing. You're 32 hours away from the kick of the most important game in recent Rams history. Yeah, it's 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 starting to get that way now. You, 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 the tingles are starting. I think that they'll probably kick in as obviously on, on Sunday afternoon, obviously here in the UK and, and obviously across the world, which the Rams fans are getting ready for. But that that for me is exactly what we are. We are ready for this. This is what the whole season has been all about. And we've just got to go do that. Do the game that we know that we can do. All right. Now, all of the pundits, me included, have commented about 
the fact that this is a kind of a different approach to getting to the Super Bowl by these Rams. They've gone all in. They've gone out and mortgaged their first round futures. I won't say their futures, right? Because I don't believe that's the case. Although some people say that, but they have, you know, mortgaged their first round futures for this opportunity, for this small window in time. As a Rams fan, are you in agreement with that, or do you feel like it's a dangerous way to do business? Um, it, it's kind of the Rams' way that we've been. It's, it's been a long time since we had a first round draft pick, anyway. Uh, and, and as we can probably understand, and the reason why Mr. Stafford's in 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 the uh, in the position he's in is that that last first round draft pick probably didn't go the way they wanted it to. So, the Rams have always used their draft collateral to bring the players in that they feel that they need. And since Sean McVay has come in and and the partnership that he has with Les Snead, and that's exactly what it is, and that's what it has to be with, with the, the head coach and the GM. It has to be a partnership, and they both have to be on the same page. That they've known what they've wanted to do and, and where we've got to get to. In relation to the previous Super Bowl, obviously we were in a few years ago. I think that potentially came a little bit too early for the Sean McVay era, but this now feels it's... It, it's now the right time and, and he's built the franchise and built the team that he's wanted to build. Yes, we, we may not have first round picks in, in the next couple of years, but with the players that we've actually still got on the roster and, and obviously there's going to be some serious contract negotiations in the off season to keep this team together. But that's what we do. And, and we've got some players on this team that are happy to renegotiate contracts to free up cap space. To be to ensure that we carry on with the with the team that we've got. So, for me, I think it's the way that this the, that the franchise does it, and I can only follow it and obviously go with, with what there's. You you will probably be a better one to tell me on that on that Jeff that trying to get your head around the cap space. It's it, you probably need a degree. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I think you need to have a degree in Chinese arithmetic to figure out <laughs> But you know what? Let, let's talk about this. I, I think this is really unique for, and, and I don't know whether it was, you know, Stan Kroenke, Les Snead, uh, Sean McVay, where the strategy came about. But I think one of the things that it is uniquely suited to is Los Angeles. Because yeah. L.A. is a town about winners and it's a town about your next best deal. And, you know, uh, it's a very trendy town. It's a it's a town where you need superstars yeah. to gain attention, you know, to gain attention. Right. And when you look at this collection of athletes that they put together with this Rams team, you're talking about maybe arguably one of the best defensive backs in the game right now you're talking about two of the best edge pass rushers in the game right now i think without you know much argument you've got the best defensive player flat out in aaron yeah. donald in the national football league and you know then you go over the offensive side and you've got a rare rare guy the triple crown winner as a wide receiver. You've got OBJ outside with him. And you've got Matthew Stafford, a guy that's been recognized for his courage, for his toughness, for his big arm. Even though he could never win a playoff game in Detroit, 
the odds were so stacked against him in Detroit. Now this group of this group, you go back and I start going through my mental Rolodex and I'm thinking who's had this many superstars yeah. on one team. I think you got to go to the Dallas Cowboys maybe. Back <laughs> with Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith and you know Michael Irvin and yeah, you know, yeah. the I mean that may be as the 49ers, you know, with with Jerry Rice and John Taylor and Joe Montana and you know Roger Craig. I mean, seriously, this is an amazing group of athletes put together at one time. And the names you mentioned there have got to be in, in future, the names that have got to be mentioned about this team in the future. The only three the only times that they will potentially be mentioned if you put that ring. So you, you need to ensure that this is obviously the the pinnacle of, of what they obviously need to achieve. It's one hell of a roster, like you say. And what I, I was watching a, a piece earlier in, in relation where you've got to look at Sean McVeigh to actually coach these players. There's some serious egos in that locker room, but they're actually all on the same page and they're all going for the same goal. I appreciate it. Every locker room's going for the same goal, but you've got to manage that. And to have someone like Matthew Stafford, who, yes, was everyone thought he was a fantastic quarterback when he was in Detroit, but there was always that he was in Detroit. He had, He's brought Matthew Stafford and coached him in a way to actually bring him now as a playoff winner and now a Super Bowl quarterback. And that just shows the quality that he holds. Um, let's just hope he can speak as we get to the Super Bowl and let's hope he, he, he can actually pass the plays on with his throat. So, um, but no, it's it's a phenomenal thing. And, and the gentleman you had on earlier as a Bengals fan, he, they, they're going to be confident. They're the underdog. They get that. But when you actually look across the field and see who we've actually got coming at them, they've got to be worried. And so they should be. Uh, because... let's, talk about, let, let's talk about your head coach, McVeigh who I've had an opportunity to sit down with and spend a little, some time one, one afternoon when they came over here a couple of years yeah. ago. And I found him incredibly charismatic, incredibly intelligent, a great football guy, a great people guy. For him, and I think you really touched on something really important, for him to take that group of egos, that group of athletes, and when you hear them talk, their mantra, it's, we not me yeah and you hear obj say that for the first time i've ever heard that out of his mouth ever yeah right? and that and, the, and that's and, the, the testament vaughn to the man, miller, isn't it? vaughn miller saying what he wants more than anything else is to give aaron donald a super bowl run yeah that is really unique in sport yeah definitely and you you sometimes forget his age is mentioned a lot, but I don't. I think it, it shows also that the class of the man, if he can actually manage that locker room, of with actually being quite an inexperienced coach himself. He's been in the game a long time. Don't get me wrong, but as a head coach, he's, he's one of the youngest in the league. So to have the sort of tactical analysis of a game, but actually be able to manage a game. You, you see some of the the footage that the NFL put out when that they're obviously mic'd up or listening to him. Every player is playing for him. And there's a clip that has been come out, I think, in the last couple of days of where Van Jefferson takes a play, scores a touchdown, and he comes over to him and makes the, the straight for a beeline for Sean McVay to say, thank you for trusting me, because I think he may have dropped the, on the pass on the previous play. 
the coaches want I mean he, they want to play for him because and and he will trust them and to do it for them and people said when OBJ was going to come into the franchise it was going to be was that the right thing to do and now one of the worst things that could have potentially happened in our season was to lose Robert Woods real tough to happen to a guy you you, you upset that he isn't playing in this game because he deserves as most to play in the Super Bowl game and Cooper Cup will be the first one to tell you that he is his guy. Um, but again, like you say, it's OBJ's always come with that razzmatazz as, as who he is and and everything else. But I think he's potentially even got to that term, time of career where he feels he needs to go and do what he needs to do and do what he needs to do on the field. Or he will just be OBJ. So I like the maturity of, of, the, of the players that are on the roster to actually think, no, it, we've all got to go as one. We can't be individuals. All right. So now let's, let's hypothetical situation. I fly into London. It's, I get into town on Saturday. I've never been in England. I don't know anything about the place. I want to watch the Super Bowl. I'm a Rams fan and I want to watch the Super Bowl with a bunch of Rams fans. Where do I go? That's a very good point. <laughs> um, there is very, there isn't a fit an official Rams meetup as of such this season. Uh, reason being is that we're actually quite sparsely spread across the UK. There's a couple of guys up in Scotland. Uh, I'm over in the northwest. We've got the people over in Yorkshire. So I don't want to blame COVID, but I suppose that does have a problem because I think three out of the four, three or four of us in in the group have all had COVID in the last couple of weeks. So it's kind of put us, but. You you will find plenty of places where Rams fans, and I think the neutral will also be looking as a Rams fan in this game. And and as a Brit, they do like the underdog, but I think people may potentially using their brain on this one and seeing that it's in our house and it is ours to there. And some people say it's ours to lose, and that's also a dangerous game to play. Um, but there's going to be some serious fight going into that game on Sunday. Well, if you are a Rams fan and you are out there and you are looking for a place to watch the game, I'm going to tell you, 10 o'clock, Sky Sports NFL, oh, yeah. for the best coverage <laughs> of the Super Bowl in the in all of the UK. Hey, man, it's been a pleasure having you on the show again. Awesome to hear how you guys are doing. Again, keep building the numbers. Stay healthy. Yeah, that's and it. enjoy <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday on Sky Sports NFL. I could not wait. Thank you, Jeff. All right, man. Great to have you on the show. Thank you. Take care. Take care. All right. That is it. You have heard from the Bengals. You have heard from the Rams. You have heard from a pro football legend as an offensive lineman in Brian Baldinger breaking down the offenses. You've heard Pro Bowl alternate and nine-year starting safety with the Denver Broncos, Nick Ferguson, breaking down the defenses. You have heard that Magic Mike is going to the Super Bowl and will be on press row come Sunday. And I don't know, Michael, is there – I don't think there's anything – we can't top that. I I don't know what to say anymore. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting like a child. You know when they know Santa's coming at like 4 in the morning or something. <laughs> Just pray they let me on the flight in Dublin. It's grand. Uh, no, I can't wait. It's going to be unbelievable. Uh, if the game – I just hope the game's good. Uh, 
And just very quickly, Jeff, obviously you said yourself there, but Sky Sports, great coverage all week with Inside the Huddle yourself. Neil, you must be exhausted. I have to publicly say your conversation with the king of transfer deadline day today was some of the best stuff I've seen. <laughs> it was 10 out of 10. But um, the the game on Sunday is intriguing because McVeigh's been there. Cronky expects. The mortgage is due. The defense is there. If Burrow can turn this round and win the Super Bowl for the bet, this this could be a classic. It could be a blowout. It could be a classic. The intriguing and the class point is we just don't know, and we'll see on Sunday. And uh, I know everyone's going to be watching you ten o'clock Sunday night, Jeffrey. Absolutely, and I'm. I tell you what, but I think it's going to be a classic. I think it's going to be a unbelievable game. And you know, uh, I, I like I said to you earlier, I am so happy that you are going to experience your first Super Bowl on press row. And, and, and like I say, man, I want you to text me when those teams come out of that tunnel right before the game. I will do. And again, um, just obviously a huge thanks for your help. Thanks to everyone's help. Everyone knows who they are in the situation. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I just, I don't want to forget my contact lenses or my sunscreen and I got to go now and edit stuff and get ready for, but it's going to be exciting, man. And yeah, look, all the best. And sure. If we don't have a show before you go home because of me not getting home to Tuesday or something safe home to Hawaii, I hope uh, you still have that Wi-Fi, and I can't wait for Spence to come back on. We can start talking about DBs next week and who's, who's going to be drafted and stuff. But uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good, man. F- thanks so much. The very best to you, Neil, Baldy, Sean, everybody at the weekend. Uh, I spoke to nearly overnight. He was in fine spirits ahead of the game. So uh, it's going to be great. Hey, a big aloha from all of us at Coffee with the Coast to all of you in the tribe who make all this possible. And again, uh, you are the reason that we do this show. Michael, have a great trip, safe trip. Tell everybody back there I said aloha. Aloha. Mahalo, folks. Have a good one. Enjoy the game.